Hey, yo, you're listening to Edge Coach Quip, featuring our very own edge coaches and community, dropping knowledge nuggets to fuel your day. Welcome back to episode 125 of Coach Quip. I'm Coach Robin. I'm Coach Chris. And today is very timely because most of us are leaning into Shamrock Shuffle training. We're talking about how to get faster on the run. We get this question a lot. Yeah, especially at this time of year as people have been in the off-season or base base training, um, maintaining maybe more easy AF runs than usual. Um, when does that speed come back? And I think people are, with a race on the schedule, starting to get antsy to get those faster miles in. So today we're going to talk about how that happens and some ways that you can get faster in your training in the early season. Um, but a couple of points beforehand, I think. Remember that this takes time, right? So we're not going to jump back into our speed work and be at the paces maybe that we were at our peak levels of fitness, whether that was just last season or at our fastest that we've ever done several years ago. We have to remember that this is a process. And a huge point on that, at all turns, I feel like I say this a million times in a year, our cardiopulmonary system, our heart and our lungs are going to always adapt faster than our musculoskeletal system, right? So... We really need to take time because we need that musculoskeletal system to be able to catch up to your heart and your lungs. And if it doesn't catch up, you end up injured. So remember, it takes time. Patience, patience, patience. (laughs) And then with that is consistency, right? So consistency, nailing those uh, consistent sessions is more important than nailing any specific numbers right now. So... Uh, especially in the early part of your season, we're focusing on checking those boxes green, doing what we can, and, and hitting that consistency to build those routines and patterns that we'll build on to get that speed later on. Progress, not perfection. Exactly. All right, so first way during this quip, this short part of how to get faster on the run is to honor the intention of each session, right? I love this. Let's repeat this one. (laughs) Honoring the intention of each session. Every run has a purpose. That is straight up Coach Bennett, global running coach of Nike Running. Um, All of this means is like know that your easy days need to stay easy and your hard days need to stay hard, right? There is 100% always room for a heavy dose of easy AF in your training plan. You can check out episode 84 on easy AF and why slowing down really helps speeding you up. It builds the foundation, right? There is no top of the pyramid if there is no base. So even if your goal is to get faster, you gotta go easy when you go easy, right? So keeping those easy days means you also can hit your speed runs when you are ready to go hard. And mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of power in that of, of not having gone too hard in your easy so that you can save up that that really kind of superpower to, to nail the speed runs. I could definitely go through all of the talking points of episode 84 again right now, but we'll just send you back to that one to get all of that information, uh, our episode about Easy AF. It is so important, and I would say one of the biggest issues that athletes have is bleeding over into other paces. So easy stays easy, hard stays hard. So important. All right, that's it for the quip. That's your first tip. Stay tuned for the bonus mile. We've got six more tips on how to get faster on the run. All right, welcome back, Bonus Miles. We've got six more tips here for you, starting off with interval training, which is speed work. (laughs) (laughs) That was his drum roll for everybody. (laughs) He did a little hand motion. (laughs) Um, 
So incorporating high intensity intervals, which is speed work, into your running routine can help you really get faster, obviously. Uh, and this is running at faster paces for set periods of time or for set distances. Now, important to remember here as you're coming back into trying to get fast that you don't need to go to mile repeats straight out the gate. Like, oh, oh <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. So this is, and with all of our tips here, you know, starting small and building over time, that's the way plans progress. That's why it's great to have a coach or a plan that you're following. But sprinting for short bursts followed by recovery sets, that's going to help you get faster. It helps your body feel what those speeds are like at a faster pace for shorter amounts of time. And then you build on that. So interval training, aka speed work, is a great way to get faster. Side note on this. I've had multiple conversations with athletes who are wanting to get faster, wanting to increase their run acumen. Um, but from a strength training perspective, which is going to be the next point, um, they're doing a heavy dose of HIIT classes. So big sweeping statement here. If you are increasing your interval training from a run perspective, your strength training should be lifting. You shouldn't have, mm -hmm. you know, three HIIT classes and interval training from a run perspective. Just think about the fact that like you're getting a lot of that hard cardio work already in your running. You don't need to add it into strength. It's super great. I love hit style strength. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool, but it is hitting both strength and cardio. So it's really efficient, right? Especially if you're not training for anything, it kind of checks both those boxes. But we want to separate those into separate boxes when we make a dedicated speed session. Yeah, so let's talk about that in terms of our edge classes then. So we do have some classes like Coach D's sold out circuit class. Watch out Wednesday nights. Yeah, we Wednesday just had nights. to increase the attendance yesterday again. Coming in hot. So that is a is a hit style class, but it's it's a little bit different than some of our other classes, right? I would so I would say that most of our classes end up being hit style with short inner short intervals of recovery and work sessions that are in the 40 to 60 second range. But it really depends on the moves that are being used in those classes Truth. as well, right? Yes. So if we're doing something like deadlifts for 40 seconds, that's going to be different than doing mountain climbers yeah. <laughs> for 40 seconds. Yeah, I should have specified at the beginning of all this. When we're talking about like a blended hit, it's about doing something that's much more cardio-based that right. isn't necessarily overloading your system very much, right? So... I'm talking about, you know, like the classes that are like half on tread and half on floor, right? Yeah. Or half on bike or rower and half on floor. And the reason I mention this is I'm thinking about some of the classes that I program of an exercise like snatches. So if that is a strength, a strength move, there's definitely a cardio component to that. And so we can see that that kind of goes into some of that interval training that would more closely mirror cardio, but isn't an exercise like jumping jacks right. or mountain climbers that... Uh, that you might think of as traditionally cardio. So it's just something good to keep in mind as you're balancing your training load. Again, if you're, if you're hitting these strength classes, which you should be, uh, that, that you need to factor that in. All right, so this we've already started <laughs> number three, so which is strength in. training. So we know this, that we cannot stress this enough, right? Your cardiopulmonary system adapts faster than your musculoskeletal system. The way that you close that gap is, ta-da, strength training, right? Stronger leg muscles obviously contribute to more powerful stride and increased uh, speed, stronger core muscles. We know number one job while we're running is to stabilize our spine, Right, so we can imagine what stronger core muscles they help you hold better form for longer with mm -hmm. less energy expenditure. 
Upper body always drives that lower body, so we definitely need upper body work. Strength training, it's one of the first things when our schedule gets crazy, particularly with our triathletes that already have three sports on their plates, it's the first thing that falls off, but it is a great way to get faster, faster, and safer. Exactly. Strength work in terms of running can also look like hills. Yes. Um, hills are strength work in disguise. So there are so many ways that we can blend the strength and the cardio pieces together through our classes and our workouts. And again, the reason that we have to pay attention to how this is coming together. Now, one thing that you just mentioned is efficiency. And so that is rolling into point number four. I love the way this is going so smooth here in this session. Here. We're caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep sipping too. Uh, proper running form. So, so tip number four is dialing in that run form can really help to make you a faster runner. And when I'm thinking of this, I often think about swimming. So for our triathletes, uh, triathletes will understand that if you have done swimming and swimming lessons, you can the difference between your hand entering at one spot and then two inches over to the right can be uh, the matter of dropping 10 to 15 seconds in one of your sets. And so we know that form is really, really important in you know, helping to reduce the unnecessary use of energy in different areas. So keeping your face relaxed and not keeping a lot of tension in your upper body, making sure that you're holding yourself and, and thinking about the way that you're driving your legs or, or pushing off your big toe, all of that can help you get faster and more efficient if you are interested in digging into this, go to episode 105, our running form cues episode to really help you think about the things top to bottom that you should be thinking about to help you increase that speed while you're running, doing it through the good running form. And leveling that even further is gonna be biomechanical assessment. So both Chris and I do biomechanical assessments. They're about an hour long, sometimes a little bit longer where we get you on a tread and uh, we record you and then um, we don't tell you what we're looking for. And then afterwards, sit down with you, break down what we saw and give you anywhere from like two to four uh, tweaks, exercises, kind of depends on what we see and then have you rerun and then roll those in. So um, all of those are, you know, really great ways to get eyes on you, but then it can be really helpful too for people to see themselves running, right? We don't always get to see ourselves running in a slow motion form. We see the snapshots like in a race, but that's not always, you know, what it looks like when you're training. And again, these small things that people do in terms of increasing your cadence as an example, or just changing the position of your body, the athletes that we've done running assessments with in the last three months, I've heard in follow-ups have, have really been able to work on those small pieces. Yep. And in the course of four weeks, their cadence has been boosted and they're already seeing that their easy AF pace has gotten faster at the same effort because they've dialed in the form. Yeah. All right, number five is consistent tempo runs. So again, in a schedule, we wanna make sure that we're having some speed runs, some tempo runs, and, and your long runs as the foundation of your running schedule. And this is the time of year where we're gonna add in these tempo runs. Back to the top, these should not jump in starting off at 30 minutes of tempo. You know, this is something that we're gonna build, <laughs> something that we're gonna build over time. Uh, but tempo runs, that's the pace between your 10K and half marathon pace. So it's really that sweet spot where you get those aerobic benefits of running at a faster pace 
for a set period of time. And again, like the idea here is that we stretch out that time period of running at that faster pace where we become more comfortable with it and and that builds over the course of your season. And again, these, these times can also drop. So the tempo pace that you have now at the start of the season is probably not gonna be your tempo pace closer to your race. And that's a good thing. That shows that we're getting faster. If we're thinking about this like pyramid house analogy mm-hmm. as well, right? Easy AF is the foundation. I would actually say tempo pace is kind of that first floor, right? It's like, how high do you want that ceiling to be? Do you want mm-hmm. it to be a six foot ceiling? i.e. not doing a lot of tempo, or you want it to be like a 12, 15 foot ceiling, um, you know, building it and growing it to make the top of that pyramid or house even higher. We have not done a full a full episode on tempo runs yet, so mm-hmm. I think that that's coming up in the future. Oh, it is it so is. confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions about tempo. So look for a, uh, a future episode about building that first floor with your tempo runs. <laughs> All right, number six, one that I love, shoes. All right, dedicated speed shoes. Let's talk about it for a second. This is something that Coach Worm talks about a lot when he is coaching speed sessions. They are designed exactly for that speed, right? So they can be fast and designed for speed for a whole bunch of reasons. They can be lighter, they can have a lower drop where your heel's a little bit lower because it sets you up for a little bit more efficient run form. Um, It could have a carbon plate, right, or two if you're an alpha fly. (laughs) Um, But regardless of of what it is that's making the shoe fast, they are literally help, they help set you up to be able to tackle more of your top end speeds with finesse, which is really helpful. So um, it can help you aerobically grow and your muscles have to kind of like catch up and 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 be strong and efficient um and i think a lot of times people will hold back and be like oh i'm not maybe i'm not fast enough for those yet or like oh i can't i don't really want to buy another pair of shoes just yet but think about it this way that like initially it might be a purchase but over your whole running journey right you're actually just saving your your easy fluffy shoes or your long run shoes for more miles you're not unnecessarily putting miles on shoes that don't necessarily need them for speed, right? So over your lifetime, your miles are just more evenly distributed. And we actually find that a lot of runners who use and rotate their shoes more and more um, actually have a little bit less injury because they're using the correct shoe for the correct run, which means they're not having as many instances to get injured. Rotating the shoes is a a great way to prevent injuries in, in some ways, but also the you can't discount the mental benefits 100%. of having speed shoes, right? We talk about priming. We talk about, you know, getting yourself in the mindset for those workouts. Like that is an instant way to be like, okay, it's time to do I'm some ready. work. Yeah. And not only that, it, when you go faster, you feel faster, you feel better. And so that is just a great way. Even if you're, you could run the same pace in those fluffy shoes, I think just having the speed shoes is a mental hack to, to give yourself that extra little level of motivation and uh, inspiration to continue to do that speed work. Yeah, the other, this is not related to the mental part at all, but I just remembered um, studies on, especially the more recent foam that we're seeing in shoes too, taking 24 to 48 hours to bounce back fully after you run in them. So if you are running in the same shoe over and over and over, our foams have gotten lighter and lighter, right? That's like a great upside. It's a lighter, everyone's shoes are lighter right now than they were, you know, five, 10 years ago. But the downside is that the foam is taking longer to come back. So if you run in a shoe, let's say you do five miles easy today in, you know, an easy run shoe, something that's nice and beautiful and fluffy and supportive. um, And then you go and use that shoe again for a speed run, you know, 20 hours later, 
not only are you not necessarily using a shoe that's helping you get faster, but you're also possibly running on a shoe that hasn't fully come back to be able to support you appropriately. There's so much to think about with shoes, and that could be uh, totally... I actually, I'm not even sure it could be an episode because I'm definitely not an expert in shoes. Uh, I think the best bet is for you to go to a local running shop and talk about your needs. Yeah. Um, it really helps to try on shoes, to try them on the treadmill there at the running shop, and to talk about it with people who are professionals about what you might need because it's so individual and personalized. But there are definitely long run shoes, speed shoes, and regular, like beautiful, fluffy shoes, as you say. Uh, all of those can have a place in your closet. How many pairs of running shoes do you think you have, Coach Chris? I got asked this yesterday. I got asked this question yesterday. This is an unfair question. I know. I want to know your number. Who knows that this makes the cut? I want to know what your number is. We can actually go home and count. Too. I can go home and count. I easily have 40 pairs of run shoes right now, and I would say that eight of them are in rotation. Okay. Did I beat you? Yeah, I definitely think you beat me. Yeah. I think I have 20 or less mm -hmm. with probably about eight in rotation. Here's the thing, though, and, and those numbers are outrageous. And, like, for context, for people who don't know, I'm sponsored by Nike, so I get my running shoes sent to me. So they're, they're, I'm not spending that much money on running shoes. But there is something about when you find a pair of shoes that you like, that you work get for you, buy them up. And I know that the foam doesn't last forever, but... It is really, um, it's really jarring as a runner when you find something that it's works true. for you and then they change the fit on the next model. So, you know, buy that extra one or two pairs if you see them on sale because you know that you will rotate through them. Yep. 40 is too, too many, just we, to be honest. We will check back <laughs> with each other of what the numbers actually are. <laughs> That'll be our follow-up social media post later in the week, everybody. Number seven is rest and recovery. So we have to make sure that we are giving appropriate amounts of rest in between our sessions because fitness is only actualized through the recovery phase. Yes. I feel like once a month is a good cadence yeah. to make sure that we keep that, that line coming you get in. get a banner. <laughs> Overtraining can lead to fatigue and to slower performances. So actually doing more and not giving yourself that recovery is a great way to slow yourself down. So we really have to be conscious about where we're layering in our speed work, our tempo work, and our strength training, all of which will help us get faster but can also tax the body in a way that too much is too much. And this is also why, and we cannot say this enough, but this is why you should be following structured, periodized, progressive plans mm -hmm. that not only don't put speed next to tempo, right, and allow you to have appropriate recovery in between that those works, but also have build weeks and cut weeks and appropriate amounts of taper, um, whether that's group training with someone like Edge, which our new season is going to start February 19th. That gears you up for Shamrock Shuffle in Chicago 13.1, working with a coach. There's plenty of great online resources too, but this is why athletes can't just show up and run and then expect to be able to do the same thing the next day, but following a plan. If your intention is to get faster, please, please, please follow a plan. And one more time, where can people get information about that program? Yep, it's going to be on our website, edgeathletelounge.com. Also, if you want to check us out on Instagram, I'm sure by the time that this airs, it will be in the world. Okay, great. 
So speed is within your reach here. We've got our recap. So the seven different ways that you can get faster, starting off with honor the intentions of your session. Make sure that you keep your easy days easy AF and your hard days hard. All right, number two, keep your speedy speedy, even more so, right? <laughs> so integrate that actual speed work, higher paced interval training, hit training in a running form is going to be a great way to get faster. Number three, strength work for all of the reasons that strength is great, whether it's strength through running hills or dedicated strength classes, which should be a part of your program, making sure that we're getting strong in our legs, our core, total body to make that good run form to get faster. Oh, you just stole my number four, proper running <laughs> form, right? So having the correct cues um, in terms of how to improve your overall efficiency is going to be hugely helpful. Um, spoiler alert, our next episode is going to be on treadmills. So you're going to want to tune into that because that is a fantastic training tool when it comes to form. Mm -hmm. Number five is tempo runs. So running at a slightly faster pace for longer periods of time can help you get more comfortable with running fast and increase your speed over time. Number six, dedicated speed shoes. So having shoes that are lighter, lower drop, possibly plated, are going to set you up to be able to tackle those top end speeds and give you a really great mental edge. And number seven is rest and recovery, making sure that you're periodizing your training and giving yourself appropriate, adequate amounts of rest and recovery between those speed sessions. All right, I kind of have the urge to go run fast now. I kind of have the urge to go count my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tune in next time for the next episode, which we already told you is going to be all about treadmills and how you can use it to your advantage. Thanks for listening to Coach Quip, original music performed by Mend. Follow us online on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Edge Athlete Lounge. Our podcast lives in the blog section of our website. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and you can check out the show notes for additional ways to contact us. Ready, set, Onward we go.